All religious Jews today, both those mystically minded and those that are not, are impacted by tzafat. Whether you are a Moroccan Jew in Madrid or a Hasidic Jew in Brooklyn, your rituals are impacted by the Jews that lived there. Tzafat is about both law and mystical love. And indeed, law and love are reflected in the two names given to the Shabbat. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 221, The Psalms and the Songs of Safed. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. One of the most famous of Jewish prayer services today is known as Kabbalat Shabbat, the weekly greeting on Friday at sunset of the onset of the Sabbath through the singing of psalms and songs. So quintessentially Jewish is this ritual that it marked for the Catholic theologian Maria Johnson, her first major encounter with Jewish life. In her book, Strangers and Neighbors, she describes touring Israel and arriving in her hotel on Friday. Quote, The more sensible ones among us showered, ate dinner, and went to their rooms to write in their journals and rest. But four of us, each drawn by the same impulse, threw our bags down and met back in the lobby five minutes later. We were in Jerusalem, and as tired as we were, the thought of hanging around in hotel rooms that might well have been in New Jersey was intolerable. The sun was nearing the horizon. We jumped in a taxi, which took us to one of the gates of the ancient walled city. End quote. Johnson then describes her arrival at the Kotel. Quote, it is often called the Wailing Wall. Faithful Jews, battered by the horrors of the past and the bitterness of the present, go there to mourn the destruction of the temple and the passing of the days when the Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies and the name of the God of Israel was revered everywhere. The wall is ancient. It has absorbed history, soaking it in through its pores, and it exudes the ancient sacred lost past into the air of the modern square with its metal detectors and lounging teenage soldiers. I am usually one to be impressed by old things, but this evening the present was intensely more interesting than the past. The mood among the Jews who crowded the plaza to welcome the Sabbath was one not of lamentation, nostalgia, loss, or bitterness, but of joy, deep and serious and exultant joy. Mature men with full beards and long black coats, men exuding gravitas as the wall exuded antiquity, were dancing and singing with abandon. It was alien and intense and thrilling, and it was important. I'm a scholar trained to keep a rein on my personal responses and to regard everything from a safe analytical distance, but there was no question of my coolly observing the scene as an interesting cultural religious phenomenon. I found myself quite certain that something really was happening as the sun slipped behind the rooftops of Jerusalem, that the whirling, singing crowds were responding to a reality greater than any culture. It mattered deeply that they were there, spinning and rejoicing and praying and welcoming Shabbos Malka, the Queen of Sabbath, end quote. The ritual of Kabbalat Shabbat is indeed an elemental Jewish experience, and yet it is, for Jewish history, not that old. It was born not in Jerusalem, but in a city north of it, one which rightly understood tells us a great deal about the Jewish experience of the Sabbath and of Judaism itself. It was in Tzifat, Safed, in northern Israel in the 1560s that a man by the name of Rabbi Joseph Karo created a concise code of Jewish law, and he chose a culinary metaphor for this important work that would impact Judaism forever. The Shulchan Aruch, the set table. Rabbi Moses Israelis, an Ashkenazic decisor in Krakow and an admirer of Rabbi Karo, added his own comments to the Shulchan Aruch that reflected Ashkenazic legal tradition. And thus, the completed work united Jews all over the world, becoming the most important religious work in Jewish history since the Talmud. But that is not all that emerged from Tzfat in the 16th century. Even as Rabbi Karo was revolutionizing the study of Jewish law, the mystical circle of which he was a part was revolutionizing Jewish life, so that many of the traditions and observances that we take for granted today date not to the Talmud, but to Tzfat. Thus it was in Tzfat 
that the Kabbalists developed the custom of greeting the Sabbath through psalms and song. And there in Safat, Rabbi Karo's student, Shlomo Alkabetz, composed a poem that was an acrostic of his name, known as Lechadodi, sung in almost every synagogue on the planet today. The song, certainly watched, witnessed, and heard by Maria Johnson. In the song, the Sabbath is described as the Bride of Israel, and it begins, Come, my dear friend, toward the Bride, let us go and greet the Sabbath. Today, in many synagogues, Lachadodi is followed by the Psalm of the Sabbath, Psalm 92 and Psalm 93, but it is preceded by six psalms, five of which are Psalms 95 through 99. The service thus often begins with Psalm 95, known today by its opening words, Lachunaranana, come let us sing. Psalm 95 reads, O come, let us sing unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all powers. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. This is the beginning for many of Kabbalah Shabbat, the acceptance of Shabbat. But of course, no mention is made here of Shabbat. The focus instead is on creation and the fact that God brought the world into being and how, when we understand this, we realize that the Almighty alone is the one true God. Thus, the next Psalm, 96, tells us, For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. So the psalm says, and if God is the one and only creator, then he is also king over all the earth. And so the emphasis is also placed on God's kingship. That's the next psalm. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. His lightnings enlightened the world. The earth saw and trembled. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness and all the people see his glory. Again, throughout, no mention is made of Shabbat. And that is precisely the point. The six psalms said before Lachadodi, before the song greeting the Sabbath bride, parallel the six days of the week, which are meant in the Kabbalah Shabbat ritual as often performed, to inspire us to greet the Sabbath. This point is made by Rabbi Moshe Lichtenstein, who put it this way, quote, However, when we carefully consider the Kabbalat Shabbat service, we immediately take note of the fact that the concept of going out to welcome the Shabbat queen is nowhere reflected in the psalms we recite in this service. They do not relate to our greeting of the queen that occurs in Lachadodi. Why then do we recite these chapters of Tehillim as we bring in Shabbat? The group of introductory psalms, Rabbi Lichtenstein continues, deals with the completion of creation and the psalmist's wonder and amazement over this phenomenon. The onset of Shabbat marks not only the moment of the arrival of the Shabbat queen at our doorstep, accompanied by the ministering angels, but also the completion of the six days of the work week. Shabbat constitutes not only a day of rest and intimacy similar to the world to come, a day when the individual experiences private communion with the Almighty by abstaining from the mundane world of activity, but also the seventh day that blends with the six workdays. Its sanctity flows not only from its characteristic of the day of Shabbat, but also from its being the seventh day. Therefore, the transition from the work week to Shabbat finds its expression in our liturgy through a look back, a surveying of the enterprise of creation. 
this unit of Psalms does not welcome Shabbat, but rather praises the greatness of the Creator as manifest in the creation. The Kabbalists express this idea by noting that these selected chapters correspond to the six days of creation, or the six days of the work week. End quote. In other words, the Psalms are meant to encourage our wonder at the world and to reflect on the week that has gone by. And following this reflection, in the Chadodi, Jews turn to greet the Sabbath with wonder. The city of Tzafat Safed is known today as the city of mystics, and that is certainly the case. But the fact is that it is also one of the most important locations for Jewish legal halachic history. All religious Jews today, both those mystically minded and those that are not, are impacted by Tzafat. Whether you are a Moroccan Jew in Madrid or a Hasidic Jew in Brooklyn, your rituals are impacted by the Jews that lived there. When Jews seek to answer a question today about the rules of the Sabbath, the investigation and inquiry will begin with the code of law that was composed in Rabbi Karo's Tzifat. And when those same Jews greet the Shabbat with Boi Kala, Boi Kala, welcoming the Shabbat bride, they are singing a poem that was composed in Rabbi Karo's Tzifat. Tzifat is about both law and mystical love. And indeed, law and love are reflected in the two names given to the Shabbat by the mystics and the Talmud. The Chadodi concludes by referencing the Sabbath bride, but some versions also conclude with another name, Shabbat Malkata, the Sabbath queen, the Sabbath sovereign, which hints to us that the Sabbath is both about mystical adoration and also a sovereign's command. The Shabbat contains both a message of love, but also many, many laws, and the two work together in tandem. The Psalms of accepting Shabbat, as we have noted, are about the grandeur of creation. During the six days of creation, we ourselves imitate the Almighty by engaging in creative activity. But as we transition into Shabbat, we reflect with wonder on the fact that God created us, that we too are part of the creation that these Psalms describe. The laws of the Sabbath are meant to remind us of this fact. And that is why the Sabbath is about both legal restrictions and spiritual delight why the Sabbath can embody both a queen and a bride. During our examination of Isaiah's description of the Sabbath, we pondered how the Sabbath reflects both law and love, and we cited there Maria Johnson, who would ultimately be driven by her Sabbath experience in Jerusalem to experience Sabbath among Jewish friends in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And she described that observance as follows, quote, The job of the Shabbos laws is to prevent Jews from making any changes to the world from tinkering with what God made for the space of one day. For one day, they simply have to live in the world as it is and cede control to God. All the laws, the 39 acts, the generations of rabbis have multiplied into hundreds of prohibitions on the most trivial everyday activities are an adamantine edge to chisel holiness into the weak in a way that cannot be ignored or evaded by distraction and must therefore be welcomed and embraced and celebrated. There is no way to cheat, catch up, get ahead, achieve, manage, accomplish, or do anything at all except experience time as creatures whom God has made in his own image and blessed and chosen and called, end quote. At the Western Wall, in the Kabbalat Shabbat service, Johnson saw one side of Safed's legacy. In witnessing her friend's observance of the Sabbath laws, Johnson saw another. But together, in the union of law and love, we discover the Sabbath, a day that inspires us to experience an intimate awareness of the divine in our lives but also our obligations to God as created beings. 
In truly understanding the legacy of Safed, we are reminded how the union of law and love lie at the heart of Judaism itself. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.